You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Okay, now I started to say, you know, uh, with the world or with our communities or with the lost or with the disconnected or the unconnected or the deconnected or whatever, uh, the never connected. I started to say all those things, but I thought, nope. We'll call it this, your relationship to your little corner of the world. Because if we talk about evangelism and the whole world and the mission to reach the whole world, I think sometimes that can look so big in a way that we say, oh, well, that's something we do as the church. But I'm talking about you and your little corner of the world this morning. You know, and, and here's, here's really uh, a crazy thing. I mean, uh, how big is your, you know, your corner of the world is a lot bigger than your granddad's corner of the world was. You know, if you think about it, I mean, your granddad might have known 10 people really, really good, you know, in his lifetime. Your, your great, great, great granddad might have only known his family, right, that lived right there. But, but you and I, we have, we have a lot bigger corner of the world. So when we talk about a corner of the world, I'm not talking about, you know, just these three or four people sit by me on Sunday morning. But all the people that I'm connected to, my little corner of the world, and I'm connected to these people, whether, and whether it's by design or not, that doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't matter if God did this and put me in touch with this particular person, and by design, he made sure I had relationship with this particular, it doesn't matter whether it's that or not. I still have, what's that other response, uh, that other word, our word, not just relationship, but responsibility. This is, this is from the very beginning. Let's go to the next slide, Kevin. The, the very beginning of this uh, this sermon series. Remember, relationship is the way in which people regard and behave toward each other. Responsibility is a moral obligation to behave correctly toward or in respect of. So every healthy relationship has a foundation of responsibility. And if my relationship with my corner of the world is going to be a good, healthy relationship, there's going to be some responsibility there. But let's think about this also. And I said this, you know, two weeks ago when we were setting all this up, is that, rela- that responsibility is reciprocal. Both sides have to be responsible. There's only one relationship in the world that I can think of that is totally without responsibility on one side, and that's when, you know, uh, like a mom and her newborn baby. And that baby can't do anything except just ask for, you know, cry and want and receive. Okay, but every, one, every other one, there is responsibility on both sides. But in our relationships... Especially at the beginning, a lot of times one person has a lot more responsibility than the other person. That we, uh, you know, that we have to kind of step in and push it a little bit more than the other person. And in this, and and and, and in this relationship with our little corner of the world of, uh, of especially people who don't know Jesus, it takes that even more. It means that my responsibility is stronger than the person out there that doesn't know Jesus. I mean. I, I think we've had this, this, this idea for way too long that build it and they will come. You know, if they need it, they'll show up. That's, that's not the gospel message. That's not the mission that Christ gave us. That's not the great commission that we recite in Matthew chapter 28 at the end of that chapter. It's not wait for them to show up, but it's like go out there and find them. So what is this relationship supposed to be? Glad you asked because Jesus defined it for us, I believe. All right, Luke chapter 10. Let's go there. 
the Lord now chose 72 other disciples. A couple of weeks ago, you remember when I talked about this, but it was 12, he sent his 12 disciples out. This appears to be a totally different time because it says he chose 72 other disciples. Sounds very similar to the charge he gives them, which, you know, some people will say, well, is, is he being redundant? Are the disciples forgetting when they're writing this down or whatever? Maybe it's because the, cha the challenge that Jesus gives us when we're concerned about our little corner of the world is the same for the 12, the 72, for me, for you, for you, for you, for you. It's the same, okay? So I th that's what I get from this. So, so Jesus sent, uh, chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. And so I see right there, I see right there where Christ defines the relationship that you and I are supposed to have with our little corners of the world. What does he do? Next little slide brings up these two points, right? Here, the, how he defines that. Jesus sees our corners of the world, your corner of the world, your, cor your corner of the world as a harvest. People who are ready and in need of something. And then Jesus calls his followers workers. I know we don't like that word, right? I mean, we work all, work all week when we come to church be called workers. He's, but he's talking about, he uses the word together, right? So in other words, gatherers of this harvest. That's the relationship that we have with our corners of the world. Now, it, get, it, it gets all mixed up in, in, in all kinds of things going on in our lives, and we, 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 we miss things, and, and uh, we get frustrated with other things, and, and, and we, we forget to get to see ourselves as this. We get involved with the rest of the world, and, and, you know, and I'm not just talking about their enjoyment, that we get involved in their enjoyment. Yeah, we could go there too, but sometimes we just get so busy with whatever's going on in the world, we forget that that we're called to do something, that these are people that are in their fields or in their place, that they, their areas that they live, and, and they're ripe to harvest. They need to be harvested. Or, or, I mean, it's time for them to leave the field, to go somewhere else. There's something better for them, and somebody's got to go out there and gather them, that that's what he calls. So this, this, is, this is the relationship that Jesus Christ sees that we should have with our little corners of the world is that we're to be the ones going out and finding them and, and, and bringing, them, what, bringing them in, what, bringing them closer to Jesus. And, and even those that maybe already know him, but they're weak in their faith or they're struggling with something, that still we, we go and we help them draw closer. to That's the relationship that we're supposed to have defined by Jesus Christ, okay? That's not always easy, Pastor. Who said it was? As a matter of fact, you know what Jesus said right after this? Look at what he says. He, he, gives him, he gives him this little challenge. He says, now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Okay, now you thought the, wo you thought the working, you know, worker's word there was bad? He said, I'm sending you out as lamb among, lambs among wolves. Okay, now every one of those 72, they weren't ripped apart like lambs among wolves, okay? But what Jesus is doing is he is kind of, Worst case scenario, he wants you to be prepared that, hey, this might not be the easiest thing you've ever done. There's going to be opposition. As a matter of fact, we should not be surprised when there is opposition. I mean, sometimes, I, you know, that's, that's what I, I get from us sometimes. It's like, but pastor, you know, I tried him, but try again. But pastor, you know, I, I called him this week and 
you know, they didn't say they, you know, wanted to come to my grow group. They didn't say they wanted to come to a meetup. They didn't say that, you know, but call them again. I mean, you know, I asked last week for, you know, any people in sales, raise their hand. You know, if you're in sales, have you ever, have you ever been approached by someone who was in sales? If you acted like you weren't really sure if you wanted what they were selling, did they go away? If they did, they probably went looking for another job. Because you're not going to get very far if you reach your very first point of opposition and you quit. And you say, that's not enough. This is so important that these people are out there and they need to come to Jesus. It's that important. People need to know Jesus. And it's so important that we can't allow, that's why he said that we can't allow a little bit of opposition to stop us. Because we have a commission to bring people to Jesus. Kerry Newoff. Let me, let me give you this quote from Kerry Newoff. He says, leading people to Jesus in a world that's moving away from Jesus is an increasingly difficult challenge, an increasingly larger opportunity. You know, it's kind of like, okay, we got this field out here of all these people, and, and they really need to come to Jesus. And so while we need to get out there and bring them to Jesus, get them closer to Jesus, it's like the field is getting further away. I mean, when you look at where the, the direction the world is going, and you, it's like the, the, the field is getting further away. But it's not just that they're a long ways away, but they're, they're getting further away. It's like the trip to get to them is further away. Now, not to live among them because we're doing that, but to actually have this relationship, it seems like it's a longer walk or it's a longer distance. It takes longer and takes more effort to get there and to do those things. And man, it's so easy when you face a little opposition to, to just give up. But you know, all, all of the opposition is not from the outside. A lot of our opposition to bringing people closer to Christ is in here, right? You know? Yeah, I, I, there's something that I've said several times. I hadn't said it in a while, but you know, all, the, all of our 2911 t-shirts, you know, we, we try to give you one when you join the church, and we give you one if you get baptized, you know, and, and we find excuses to give you, give you shirts, and they're free shirts because, you know, it's advertising for the church, but, you know, if you're somebody, you're going to, you know, bless out the, the waitress this afternoon, please don't wear your church 2911 shirt with you, right? <laughs> but at the same time, you know what I've heard from some of you, just be honest, you, you've been honest, you said, if I hadn't been wearing my church 2911 shirt, I'd have given them a piece of my mind, and you know what? Maybe we need to wear our 2911 shirts more often. You know, because true confession right here for the pastor. Boy, pastor's been confessing to some things here lately. I mean, I'm going to confess to you about something also. That little bitty, that little bitty bumper sticker, it's on my window, and it's, it's faded. I need to get a new one that says 2911. Man, it has, it has kept me from telling people on the road so much how I feel about their driving. Because especially, you know, once I finally get around, you know, you know and, I, and, and I want to, now, li no, now listen, I don't do that 20% of your hand thing that y'all are thinking about, some of y'all might be thinking about. But I still, you know, I want to throw up my hands like, really? <laughs> you know, or if somebody was in the left lane, you know, and I had to pass them on the right side, you know, I, I want to get in front of them and just go, <laughs> you know. But because I got that little 2911 sticker back there, there ain't nobody in this world that is going to have someone and say, wow, they got a 2911. I think I'll go to that church. 
Try that one out next Sunday. See if that's different. I wonder what it is that just gets in that. You know, there ain't nobody going to see it that way, right? I tell you, I, I've thought about this. I, I would work for the uh, state troopers for free if they would give me a ticket book and let me just write tickets for people who drive slow in the left lane. <laughs> they wouldn't have to pay me a dime. I, I'd, I'd do it. I'd, boy, I'd do it. Just give me a little blue light, pull them over, and... The other day, uh, on the way, uh, way back from my mom's, uh, from her house to Fairfield, she lives in McCullough, from her house to Fairfield, the traffic, I mean, not just me, but the traffic, the people who were trying to drive, I don't know what everybody else was trying to do, but the people who were trying to drive, three, we had to go around three separate cars between Bessemer and Fairfield that were in the left lane. And I so, ba- you know, so badly wanted to you know, do that thing, or like, you know, what, what's going on with you, but just that just reminding me. I saw, I saw a bumper sticker not too long ago uh, that I, I really coveted. And you know, you're not supposed to covet, right? And so I don't know if my attitude about wanting the bumper sticker because it was coveting is wrong or wanting the bumper sticker because I really don't need that on my car is wrong. I really kind of wanted it for just a couple of seconds and I thought it really wouldn't go well right next to my 2911 bumper sticker. So, but it was this. I, I had a guy passing me in a big truck. He's, he's passing me and he's going just, just, just fast enough that he went by and I was able to read his bumper sticker and it said if I just passed you on the right you are an idiot (laughs) and I wanted I wanted to pull it would you tell me where you got that bumper but (laughs) after about two seconds I'm thinking I really can't put that back there by the 2911 bumper sticker and I thought that's really not the attitude I need to have even though I would really 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 like to educate people. Do you know there is a law in the state of Alabama that you're not, that it's not just the law. I mean, another one of my pet peeves is obliviousness. People who are oblivious. Driving in that left lane, not knowing there's 20 cars behind you that need to go somewhere. And you just are out for your Sunday afternoon drive on a Tuesday morning for some reason. (laughs) Or the people who park the shopping cart in Walmart sideways (laughs) so nobody can get oblivious to other people or people who walk from their parking space into Walmart right down the middle so nobody can get past them I mean you know it's 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 just it's just the obliviousness of it it's just the fact of not seeing other people you know, that, that's what really grabs me. You know, it's not that I'm going to be five minutes late because of this idiot, I mean, because of this person in the left lane, right? <laughs> it's that they're oblivious. There are people around you that you're, you're not even paying attention to. Not even paying attention to. Because, and I know, see, what I want to do is I want to educate them. There is a law. You're being oblivious. I want to educate them. But Jesus didn't say, I'm going to send you out there, and I want you to educate people on that. That's not what he said. Now, I know, I know I've got friends that misuse that scripture where Jesus talks about how there's going to be division because, you know, even in family members, because some are going to love Jesus, some are going to hate him. But Jesus didn't tell us to create that division. And I've got some friends that they think <laughs> that's what Jesus called us to do is create that kind of division. No. You know, what he, you know what he called us to do? Here it is, the next verse. Glad you asked, right? Next verse says, 
Whenever you enter someone's home first, say, may God's peace be on this house. Now, this is from six weeks ago, okay? But that's why I threw all that up there all at once because, hey, you've already heard this if you were here. That word for peace is irene, which means one, it means peace, it means quietness, it means rest. You and I have been commissioned by Jesus Christ to go out and release God's peace. That's, that's what we've been called to do, to, to release quietness, to release rest into somebody. So this afternoon, you know, when, you're, when your waitress makes a mistake, instead of educating her, that's not up there anywhere, is it? Instead of telling her how she didn't do her job right, you've been commissioned. That's your little corner of the world for that moment. You might not know this waitress may never see her again. But for your little corner of the world right then is to bring peace into that place. Not division. Not heartache. She may be having a tough day, week, month, year, life. And it is not our calling to make that harder, but to bring peace into that. That's what God's called us to do. He's called us to do that. It, it, anybody that's known me for enough years knows that, well, you'd have to know me for quite a few years to know this about me, but I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that stopped to help whoever's broke down on the side of the road. You know, I might not be able to help, but I can stop and say, I think that's, yeah, go ahead. I think that'll work. Try it. You know, I, I can do that, right? I can, yes, uh, that kind of thing. Or, uh, you know, I can twist a lug nut, that kind of stuff. You know, and... Uh, over the years, you know, that's kind of had to go by the wayside. I mean, life is different these days. Most of the time, or a lot of times, i got grandkids riding with me, and I'm not going to pull over and help somebody. I don't know. i got a grandkid in the car with me. Most everybody has cell phones now these days and all that. So, you know, those were just opportunities for me to stop and do something that, you know, it wasn't going to help me at all. You know, it didn't put any money in my pocket to stop and help them. It didn't make my day any better. It didn't do anything for me. It just did something for them. And it's kind of, I've kind of lost that. Well, yesterday, I got that opportunity again, but it was a different way. It wasn't a broke-down car on the side of the road. It was a broke-down office chair right in the middle of Highway 31, just about a mile up here, you know? And I said, you know, and I'm almost like, yes! <laughs> you know? Now, I'm not encouraging everybody to do this because it could be dangerous, you know? And so I pulled over, got my car way out of the road and walked down. I just want you all to know, be careful, Okay? I walked down and, 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 and I stood to the side when a car came by, I stood to the side because in case that car hit that, I didn't want to go flying into me, right? So you got to be careful doing that. So I'm not advocating you do this. It's just your stupid pastor that's out there doing this, okay? And, and I, so I started, you know, and it was two pieces now, so I had to get this one. This one was about 100 foot up the road, so I had to, you know, go get it, wait on a couple of cars to pass, get it out. And as, I, as I'm getting that last piece, I, I noticed a, a truck that was coming back and they were turning around. And I yelled, is this yours? And they said, yes. And so I, I walked up there and was able, you know, and so I was really thought I was just saving maybe somebody from hitting that and tearing up their car. But you know what? I got to put that in the back, tr the back of the truck of this older couple that they didn't have to crawl out there in the middle of traffic and get to do that. And so God gave me that opportunity of connection. Here's what I'm saying. We, we have this commission to release peace, but sometimes we got to create the opportunity ourselves. We got to open the door. The problem is we wait for the door to open, and most of the doors that open aren't conducive to sharing peace. Amen? Most of the doors that open are like, you know, I want to, let me tell you what you're doing wrong. We sometimes have to create 
the opportunities to share peace with someone. Because that's what Christ has taught us to do. But not only peace, but also uh, just a little bit later, he says in chapter 10, verse 9, the beginning of that, he says, heal the sick. Now, let me say something about that. I'm going to dig into this in in just a a few weeks on a Sunday morning, okay? So I'm not going to go deep here at all. I'm just going to say this real quick again, okay? Now, anybody here that's got power to heal the sick, anybody? No, don't raise your hand, okay? Don't want to embarrass you. You don't, but God does. The Spirit of God in you has the power to heal the sick. But what he's saying is just like he said, speak that. Release that peace into someone's life. Release healing into somebody's life by your prayers. Here, you know, I'm coming back to this in a few weeks, so let me just say this. Even though I'm not going to give you all this right now, I'm not going to give you the meat. It's not time for the meat of that, but I want you to get this. I want you to start believing that God wants you to use you to pray the prayer that brings healing into somebody's life. Start believing that. That God wants to hear my prayer speak healing over someone and for them to be healed. Speak peace over someone and for them to receive peace. Speak rest over someone and for them to receive rest. Start Because that's what he's called us to do. And here's the last thing he told, he told these 72. The next uh, scripture, uh, verse 10, nine, uh, chapter 10, verse 9b. At the end of that, he says, and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. Let me say this. When we hear the kingdom of God, we're thinking about, oh, one day, eternity, whatever. No, when Jesus came, he is the king. So the kingdom of God was closer to them than any people that had ever had the kingdom of God. It's near to you now. And so when we tell somebody, that's what we're telling them. And I know what, what, what we think, well, you know, we think about maybe sharing a sermon with someone or we got to share that whole thing. But no, sometimes it's just sharing a little piece or sharing it. Somebody that, that is struggling because uh, they've, they've just got guilt in their life to just share with them the grace that you've received and just, just tell them about the grace or someone that, that can't forgive themselves and talk about how God has helped you helped you with the forgiveness or or somebody struggling going through a, a a battle or a some big storm in their life and just tell them about the peace that god has given you not not as as we said last week as we said again this morning you know not not around that stuff but to get you through that stuff or the hope about tomorrow or, or the joy in the middle of all the storms or the healing that they need and just just share what's there when the opportunity arises just, you know, that field that, of people that need Jesus so badly that it just seems like it keeps slipping further and further away. If you can just give them a little something to help them take one step closer to Jesus today, then maybe tomorrow you can help them take one more step closer to Jesus. So that, that could be a long process. The process, the culmination of the process is up to God. That's what he said. Is we, we plant, we water, he brings the increase. It's our call just to help them take one step closer to Jesus every chance we get. Every chance we get. How, 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 do, I, how do I change my mindset from wanting to tell everybody in my corner of the world all the stuff they're doing wrong, instruct them, on the laws of the state of Alabama driving down the road and all the other stuff, or, or how the waitress can do their job better. How, how do I change my mindset from that? Go back to the first thing Jesus said as he was sending them out. 
He said, pray. Pray for me. Just, this is not a very deep quote. It's just a, just a question from Dave Gibson. He, said, uh, uh, he says, whose salvation are you praying for every day? Who's, are you praying for someone's salvation every day? Because if you are, it's going to keep your mind focused on how can I help them? How can I help them take that step today and take another step tomorrow when you're praying for them? And that's what Jesus told us to do. He said, the harvest is great. That field out there is ready. There are people out there ready to come to me, but there's nobody to tell them about me. That's what he said. And so what did he tell us to do? Well, he, he told us, you know, he wants us to get out there that he sent them. But he also said, pray over those areas that aren't your part of the world. Even the places that aren't your corner of the world, pray over those too. That God would send somebody like you into those corners because maybe you can't go and I can't go but there are places and he's told us to pray over those and when when we when we pray over things and people like this that will change our mindset thanks for listening to the church 2911 sermons podcast if you have a need we would love to pray with you you can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church 2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.